You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. And we're back on The Pipeline Show, continuing on this week. And we're going to uh, head to the OHL and get an update on what's happening around the Ontario Hockey League. But my guest, nowhere near Ontario. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to have her on. Uh, as I'm uh, pleased to be joined by, well, first-time guest for me, Caitlin Berry. Uh, Caitlin, welcome to The Pipeline Show. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, how are you? I'm doing well. Uh, I, I've wanted, been wanting to get you on the show for the last few months, actually, and uh, I, I read that on Twitter that you were coming over to Canada and to uh, watch the top prospect games, so I decided to wait until after that was in the uh, rearview mirror for you so that we could talk a little bit about, about that, but maybe let's just start with the OHL and what you do. Uh, when people go to your uh, your Twitter handle and they see all these OHL videos, uh, why do you do that and uh, how do you get into it? Yeah, um, I basically do it because uh, it, it was a way of making the OHL uh, accessible to people who maybe don't have the live streams because they're quite expensive yes. or don't live in Ontario, which is um, obviously my kind of thing. So it was a, kind of a, a way of making it accessible to other people, trying to connect it to maybe non-Canadians even. Um, and I kind of got into it, 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 it kind of just happened kind of naturally. Um I was over um, in the 2017-18 season in Ontario for about a year because I did a um, university exchange. Okay. Uh, so I basically got to be in Ontario for nine months. I went to a ton of OHL games, so I kind of fell in love with it from there, and I wanted to keep following it. So I went back and I bought the live streams, and I realized that some people who wanted to follow it maybe didn't have enough coverage of it and there wasn't a ton of like local coverage um so i basically just started tweeting about it i started writing about it first but i haven't written about it too much lately um and then the twitter just kind of took off i guess because people seem to be liking the sort of things that i was providing for the ohr and i guess now here we are it's got to here well i'm gonna make myself real sound really old but uh to to do what you do, to cut the clips and all the highlight packs that you put together, and this is while the game is still unfolding, is that hard? It's actually not really that hard. Um, I The way I do it is super simple. I just kind of clip things using a screen recorder, and then it, it automatically saves it, and then I can upload it from there. So that's generally how I can get things out as quickly as I do. And I think like the speed of how I get things out is is one of the reasons why people are following me now, so it's kind of become a thing I'm working on. Um, so, yeah, it's actually not really that hard. I think, I think I've kind of let out the secret now and everyone's going to start doing it, but, yeah, it's actually not bad. Uh, but you have to live a bit like a vampire. I mean, these games are on in the, well, not quite the middle of the night for you, but uh, you got to be staying up till 3 or 4 in the morning sometimes doing yeah. this. Most of the games start either at midnight or about 1 a.m., um, and then they finish at like 4 a.m. So <laughs> it's a lot of late nights. I kind of, I, I've kind of become nocturnal, especially on the weekends. Um, I live with my brother and he, he doesn't expect to see me until like 1 p.m. the next day because I'm just sleeping. So, but yeah, and it's never hard. It, it, it never feels like something I have to stay up for or anything because I love doing it. So yeah, it's all good. All right. Any particular OHL team that you're a, a, a you know a particular fan of, or is it just the league in general, and you kind of cover everybody equally, or do you have your heart uh, behind one one particular team? Um, yeah. Uh, considering when I did the uh, university exchange, I did it in the University of Waterloo, 
which is basically attached to Kitchener. Right. So I went to Kitchener a lot and Kitchener kind of my team, although I do, um, I, I do love the league as a whole. I love all the teams. Um, and I do try and provide coverage of the most interesting things for all the teams, but I, yeah, I tend to watch as many Kitchener games as I can. So if you love the Rangers, that means you have to hate the London Knights. Did that come naturally for you? Or did you, did you learn that pretty early on? <laughs> yeah, I learned it a little bit early on. Um, but I've never kind of understood it, probably because I came into it so late. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it is fun to sort of get involved in all that. But at the end of the day, I, I honestly don't hate the Knights. I, I quite like them. They're always a pretty good team. They have some players that I really like. So I think I'm kind of bucking the trend there with that, with Rangers fans. Yeah, that's fair. And I suppose Liam Kirk is a player you have uh, some sort of connection with, or at least uh, you, you enjoy following how he's doing. Oh, yeah. Um, it was like... it. I honestly can't explain how exciting it was when he got drafted to the NHL. And then for me, for him to then get drafted into the OHL, just as I started writing about the league, it was just like Christmas. I, mean, I, I got so excited. Um, and it, it's honestly been amazing watching him. I do watch Peterborough quite a lot, mostly because of him. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just really exciting. It's not really something that's happened before with a, a, a British player going over. And performing to that standard, there have been players in the past that have tried, but Kirk's development over there has been just incredible to watch, and he seems to just be going from strength to strength. So yeah, I watch him a lot, and it's super exciting to do that. Now you uh, were telling me it was sort of a uh, a vacation, but a hockey vacation, a hockey holiday to come over and, and watch the top prospect game. What was that experience like for you? I, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe you got press credentials uh, for that, so you're able to you're able to take it in as media, weren't you? Yeah, I did. And it it was crazy because it was actually the first hockey event that I've ever had media credentials for. Right. Um, so it was kind of overwhelming at first, just going there and having to sort of acclimatize to this whole thing. And like, there's the media room and there's all these other people. Um, but yeah, it was just an absolutely incredible experience because the, the, pros- the top prospects game has been one of my absolute favorite, uh, junior hockey events for the past couple of years and just to be there as media and to be watching it from the press box and to be talking to everyone and basically like just talking to my entire Twitter timeline and the other media people who were there was, it was an absolutely incredible experience. And I'm, I'm, I'm so glad I did it. Well, now you're officially part of the, uh, the, the junior hockey media community over here for sure. And I know there'll be a lot of people who are uh, following you on Twitter to, to get your insight. Uh, let's talk about the league a little bit and what stood out for you this season. Uh, obviously the Ottawa 78, uh, 67, excuse me, the Ottawa 67s uh, top team in the entire Canadian hockey league. I, I would have to think they're the team to beat, but who can beat them? Oh yeah. Ottawa have, have just been incredible this season. Um, they they have so much skill. Marco Rossi is a huge part of it. Jack Quinn as well. Um, in terms of who might beat them, everyone is saying that uh, this is Peterborough's year this year. Um, and that's a bit... There's question marks around that because Peterborough recently went on like a four-game losing streak. They haven't quite found some consistency. But their team right now, I, especially that top line of um, Nick Robertson, Akil Thomas, and Semyon Durag-Achintsev, they kind of have all the tools to beat Ottawa. I think they're one of the only uh, uh, ones of the top teams that actually have beaten Ottawa this year. So, yeah, Peterborough, if they find some consistency, they could knock Ottawa off from that top spot. 
and the Western Conference is so tight. There's not a lot between you know sixth place and and heck even eighth place uh, mm. in the conference right now. Is there a, a team that you think eventually emerges and maybe puts some distance between themselves and, and the rest of the group at the top, or do you think it goes right down to the last game of the regular season? I honestly think it it, it could go right down. Um, obviously, all, all the teams made some moves at the trade deadline, but I don't think there was any moves that stood out as okay. This is the one team that's going to go for it. Right. Um, so, yeah, it it honestly could be a close battle right to the finish. I I know the top three guys like London, Saginaw, and Kitchener are like constantly leapfrogging each other for the top spot right now, and it honestly just depends how which one of those teams gets the most consistency as we go down the stretch towards the the playoffs now. Um, but even in playoffs, I think there could be some upsets. Like there are so many games who could which could go, and there's so many matchups which could go either way. So yeah, um, yeah, Western Conference is going to be. Quite interesting to watch as we as we head into the end of the year. Because it's so close, home ice advantage in the playoffs could be so important in that conference. Do you agree? Oh yeah, I I think that's what people are going to be fighting for. Basically, if they can't establish themselves as the as the um as the top in that in their conference, yeah, home ice is going to be huge in some of these battles. Now, Caitlin, what sort of demand is there for what you do uh, where you are over in England, and where are you in England exactly? Not well, asking no, I, for your address or anything like that. But. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I live in Exeter, which is in the south of England, and there are no hockey rinks around here whatsoever. <laughs> I think the nearest is like two hours away. Um, but, yeah, um, there is sort of a demand for this, although like every time I, I post gifts and things of, of British events like Team GB, uh, Team GB tournaments, um, when Team GB were in the world in the summer, like I, I, I was covering that, mm-hmm. and there, it, it seemed to get a good reaction. But ultimately, hockey is still a minority sport in this country. Not many people still know about it. Um, I, I, I still talk to people who don't even know what ice hockey is. Um, and yeah, uh, and I, I think a lot of that stems from there's not a lot of like national media coverage of it. Right. It's not it, it it's not on like the big TV channels. The BBC, which is the main media broadcasting company, don't generally show ice hockey or talk about it. And yeah, I think that's kind of hurting it a lot recently. It seems to be getting better. There are channels that are starting to pick it up. But I think right now the most that fans can do in terms of coverage definitely definitely helps in terms of bringing awareness to the league and awareness to british hockey as a whole well it really sounds to me like this is a passion project for you it's just you do it because you love it and if other people pick up on it great but you do it for you yeah that's basically been it right from the beginning i didn't set out um right when i started tweeting or when i started writing about hockey to get followers or to sort of accumulate um a following or a fan base or whatever it I kind of just wanted to get super involved in the game as much as I could. Like, I'm kind of obsessive in that way, in that if if I like something, I will try and know as much as possible about it. And I guess for me, this was a way of doing that. So I I, I just love doing it. Even if I lost all of my Twitter following, like, tomorrow, I would still con- continue going like and, and, and watching the games and clipping the games and tweeting about the OHL because it's generally just fun for me. Well, let's hope that doesn't happen. Uh, Caitlin at Caitlin Sports is uh, your Twitter handle, and, that, and Caitlin is spelled C-A-I-T-L-I-N Sports. 
uh, and that's where you can follow her on Twitter. And you're also you do a podcast as well. I do, yes. Um, me and my friend Mark, who's also uh, a British hockey fan and writer person, um, we co-host a podcast called Hockey from Across the Pond. You can find it on like uh, iTunes. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, everywhere else, which you usually find podcasts. I'm not entirely sure what other websites there are. But yeah, that, that's been a lot of fun recently. So yeah, if people want to check that out, go for it. Now, is there a long-term goal? Do you want to expand outside of just the OHL? Do you want to do, you know, the, the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League and the WHL? Or do you want to get in with the OHL and maybe do some work for the league? Or where do you see this going for you? If I got the chance to work for the OHL, that that would be amazing. That that's probably the main goal. If 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 I was going to sort of pursue something in this, um, I would like to be able to follow the WHL and the QMJHL more. Um, right now, that comes down to time. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm in school full time. Like I don't have a ton of free time to watch as much hockey as I possibly can. Also, comes down to money because the live streaming things are quite expensive. Very. Um, yeah, so I would love to. Maybe if I somehow got an extended period of free time or, or when I graduate or something, maybe I'll I'll have the time to get a bit more into those. Yeah, tough to do when it, there's only one of you. It's a, it's a one-man operation or one-woman operation, pardon me. <laughs> I wanted to ask you about that aspect of it as well. Being a female, do you, do you find yourself having to prove yourself at all uh, to, to what is pretty uh, a male-dominated uh, sport and following? Hmm. I... I don't think I have a lot of that. I think it, if I have any sense of wanting to prove myself, it's just an internal thing. Like it's never been sort of pressured onto me to do that kind of thing. Um, like right from the very start, I had so many people being so supportive of what I was doing. Um, and, and constantly I, I, I get people like messaging me saying that they like what I do and like talking to me um, and trying to help me, I think is one of the main things. And I, I honestly haven't had a lot of, abuse for it and I know that I'm super lucky in that because there are a lot of women in, in sports media who don't get quite a, an, an easy ride in it and sort of get harassed but yeah. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I've, everyone I've talked to has just mostly been lovely like yeah I do get a, a, quite a few Twitter DMs that are of a not very nice nature that I have to block but aside from that everyone's just been lovely and everyone's just been trying to help me in in sort of any way that they can and that's been a really great factor of why i'm still doing this mostly because the community is awesome and i want to keep providing stuff for that community well that's nice to hear for sure uh, outside of the few goofballs out there that uh, are uh, send you stuff uh, twitter dms like that that's unfortunate don't like to hear about that but um all right well when's the uh the next trip to canada when are you coming back mm. uh when i get enough money um <laughs> i think the idea now is possibly to save up again to go back over for next year's top prospects game and maybe stay for around two weeks right so i can to literally as many games as i possibly can in that two weeks um i'd also like to go out west at some point but yeah again that's a money thing so literally whenever i get enough money i will be flying over that's basically how it goes well excellent hey, listen if you ever get the chance to come out west and you uh, happen to be in edmonton to watch uh, the edmonton oil kings uh, let me know and uh, we'll see you at the rink yeah, sure. That'd be fun. Caitlin, I really appreciate your time. It was great, great to chat with you. I hope you don't mind if I call you again. No, that's great. Thank you. Thank you very much. 
Caitlin Berry uh, covering the OHL from uh, her home in England and uh, talk about dedication. I, I got to give her a ton of credit. I know when like the uh, World Junior is in Europe, uh, like it was this past Christmas in, in uh, the Czech Republic, games are at six or seven in the morning. I find it hard to, to get up and, and uh, get engaged, and she's doing it in the middle of the night. Maybe, I mean, I'm a night person too, so maybe it would be easier to watch games at 2 a.m. Uh, than it is at uh, 6 or 7 a.m. Uh, but hey, I tip my cap to her and great job. Uh, follow her on Twitter and uh, check out what she does. It's terrific. I, I just think the the story of her uh, spending the year in Canada and going to the OHL uh, and seeing a lot of Kitchener Ranger games, falling in love with the CHL, taking that back to England, uh, that to me is uh, that's that's really really cool. Good on you, Caitlin. Uh, I'm gonna have her on the show again. Okay, only one more guest segment this week. Uh, there were uh, a couple other invites that I had out, uh, but uh, could not uh, secure those interviews. So we do have one more, though, and it's a good one. A 2020 draft spotlight with a uh, one of the top defensemen uh, ranked for this year's draft. His name is Justin Barron. He's been sidelined for a, a number of uh, months now because of a blood clot. What's the update? We'll let him tell you next here on the Pipeline Show. And up comes Trankovic. He's got speed. Trankovic breakaway to the backhand. Scores! Max Trankovic is second of the season, and it's 2-1. I'm Maxim Trankovic of the St. John Sea Dogs, and this is the Pipeline Show. From the organization that brought you Mark Messier, Matt Benning, and Ian Mitchell, Spruce Grove Saints Junior A Hockey is officially back for the 2019-2020 season with all the action taking place at the Grant Fear Arena in Spruce Grove. With tickets starting at just $15 per person, AJHL Hockey provides some quality entertainment. For more information, visit www.sprucegrovesaints.ca. 